Hi, my name's Alex Walker. I'm the CEO of East Star Resources, listed on the London Stock Exchange under the code EST. Eastar is a Kazakhstan-focused uh, exploration company. We've got several projects across the country. Principally, we're focused on the Rudnay Altai Volcanogenic Massive Sulfide Belt, where we have been drilling a historical deposit and have some new, very, very exciting exploration opportunities. I'll turn it. Welcome, Alex. Welcome to London. Thanks very much, Pat. Good to see you. What, what are you doing here? Uh, well, catching up with investors, principally. Right. So I've got mines and money on this week. Yeah. And there are a number of uh, broking firms that are putting on various functions and things. So I've got some presentations tonight and over the over the course of the next few days. Good, good, good. Now, you're one of the very few CEOs actually living in the country where your assets are. Because, and and, and it, why is, I say it's important, I was talking to a couple of fund managers uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying they're frustrated with the fact the management team were not you know, spending enough time in country with the assets. So doing death research and modeling stuff, but you, you've slept the whole family over there. How is Kazakhstan? It's it's great, honestly. It's yeah. a, it's a fantastic place to, to be and to operate. I mean, uh, yeah. So we've got two kids um, now, f- five and uh, five and three. So they're at the local kindergarten, and local school, and my wife's there. Um, so the the living conditions are, are fantastic. We have a really really good life, and what what I really enjoy is the seasons. It's very seasonal. So winter is is winter, and it snows, and it's, right. and it's lovely. So you can get on the slopes. Um, and same same for summer. Um, so personally, it's been really, really good and operationally as well. I mean, there's no way that we would have been able to achieve everything we've done in the last you know year and a half, two years without without me having been there, which is just is numerous exploration right. programs, geophysics, sampling, all of that kind of stuff. So it really helps drive things. And, and we'll get into the, th- uh, the three distinct projects in, in, a, in a second, but the, the, the kind of co- cost base there. There's a... How do you kind of rank that against, like, say, doing business in Australia or or Africa? I mean, yeah. So, well, I mean, once once we're operating, I'd say yeah. incredibly well, and that's yeah. usually the comparisons we like to make. I I like to say it's it's the cheapest place in the world to dig a hole. Right. Um. You know, you've got big big companies are doing their their um, mining cost for a dollar a dollar twenty a ton for contract mining, so it doesn't get much cheaper than that. Um. And so, you know, it's a fantastic place when you're actually building a mine. You know, you need it's it's quite um, I'm going to say administratively bureaucratic. So you need um, the team to get things done. So we've got you know in-house accountant, um, lawyer, office manager, ecologist, and right. so on. Yeah. So um, that's quite good, but the salaries aren't exorbitant. So you know you you need it, but you can afford to do it. Right. Um, but that's quite helpful for me as well because it also means that I can allocate my time accordingly because I know that you know the various portfolios and things are, are being looked after. Right, and um, I think most of the people watching this um, will understand Kazakhstan's big in oil and gas, but yes. also I think dear to their heart, dear to our subscribers, uranium as well. Mm. And what they've seen there is the kind of Russia influence and you know China influence on the the, the country, mm. um, certainly around commodities. What can you tell us? Because you've also done something quite interesting with set up the. Chamber of Mines, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, right. So, so we did that early on this year. I mean, uh, look, it's it's part of this great game concept, isn't it? I mean, uh, Kazakhstan is is incredibly strategically located between mm. a lot of powerhouses, and and they're trying to um, make themselves Western focused as well. And and President Tokayev has been quite quite vehement on that fact. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a country that's just hit twenty million people. It's you know nearly two point seven million square kilometers, and and in a strategic location, so it needs to be it needs to be um, democratic in in, in yeah. the way that it approaches you know the various power bases in the region and so on. But to that end, it, it also 
has a lot of support. And I mm. remember it was the first place that Xi Jinping came after COVID. Um, he came to Kazakhstan. And he talked about the strategic nature and 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 said how um, you know how vehemently China will help protect um, Kazakhstan's sovereignty and so on. So. You know, for all those reasons, it's very good. Um, the country signed MOU for critical mineral supply with the EU and with the UK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think there's, there's not many countries. I think the UK has signed seven and the EU certainly now, I think it, maybe it's a bit more, but it's five, five to seven. So, you know, it, it, it's got the political will to develop mines. It's got the potential to develop them and it's got the stability to develop them. And I think that's being recognized. And we set up this chamber of mines really because we just wanted um we wanted to tweak really the mineral law more than anything else yeah. um you know it's it's like amec or the potential hopefully to be like amec in australia and so rio tinto's joined fortescue metals group has joined okay. a lot of international a lot of local companies as yeah. well and now we just have the opportunity to do things like write to the minister and say um you know b- by his invitation what would you change what would attract more foreign investment so you know the mineral law is fantastic but you know, there's always room to improve, and so we get this real voice now, which is, um, you know, which is good, good for us as well. Right. So, the, so the big boys have joined yeah. up with you. This isn't just some some small company trying to affect their influence in country. So, there's a lot of miners already there. Um, who, well, why didn't they do this? Well, look, it takes it, it takes someone who will work long hours for free yeah. <laughs> to get something like this up and running, doesn't it? So now look, they'll you know, they're really happy to support it and it's it's you know, it's fantastic to have that. Um uh, because what we really want to do is we wanted a, a democratic chamber to say we're not looking after any particular investment. Rio Tinto pay the same fee that Eastar um paid to to get in. Yeah. You know, to vote on the board is they have the same vote and the same okay. level of influence and that for us was really important, um, you know, in the, in the initial months and years, and even the initial board of which I'm a member, mm. the inaugural board. We said we'll only do six months, um, just so when we get enough members, then we can have democratic votes and, and we'll have a democratically elected board. So even even that was just the whole purpose was to say it's transparent. This is what explorers want, you know, um, want to try and influence and get. Because because I mean, it's it's kind of oil and gas well established. And then obviously, effectively, state-controlled uranium companies. Yeah, because that's yeah. Um, Mining, fairly nascent in that sense. I know you've named a few big players there, but it, given the size of the country, you've always used this phrase, it's like Australia 20 years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a, there's a lot, it's mineral and down for sure. Um, but how... How, how does the government view that? Are they? I mean, they're not here at the conference, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not sort of marching around saying, "Please come into our country." But how how how, um, how much do they help you? So, I so, guess so. They sort of aren't doing that, but they're just. Right. I guess they're picking and choosing their battles at the moment. Right. So there's a Kazakhstan day in PDAC. Um, Is there? Okay. Yeah, okay. and there's a big Kazakhstan stand. So you know, and, and this year certainly, I believe some quite senior ministers will will be going over and participating. Mm. Um, so they're trying to do that. And we actually see that as a way that the chamber can help as well, you know, and promote at various conferences and other right. bits and pieces, because we don't see it as competition. We want more people to come to Kazakhstan, right? It's not competition. I mean, yes, we've got this first mover advantage kind of concept, yeah. um, which is absolutely true. Completely understand the working environment, but, you know, more Junior companies coming, having success, um, will just help promote the jurisdiction. I'm coming up more from the point of view of like at some point you're going to need more staff, more trained and skilled right. staff. You're going to yeah. need more 
you know, companies, service companies in 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 country providing backup services for you. And and it's more about, you know, and and and, and universities which are training these people locally as well. So all of that needs to kind of be built out. Right now it is a kind of uh, like I say it's nascent, it's early days. Um is that part of the, the remit for what do you see as part of your remit to kind of help with, with I, understanding? I guess well for as a um as a board member of the chamber, I'd say yes. Okay. And, and I guess anything, all, all of this, the intention is to help ASTAR as well, right? Um, because if we do have problems with with qualified staff, you know, today or in five years' time, it'll be partly because I might have not done enough today to help, you know, yeah. shift. Well, that's shift what, that's where it's going with this. But you're right. But look, I mean, it, it is nascent compared to oil and gas, but it does have a very long mining history. I mean, the belt that we're in has been mining for a couple of hundred years. Some of those mines were discovered in, in you know, the the, the mid nineteenth century. But, um, but but there are gaps. There's definitely gaps in the knowledge base. You know, uh, but you, you could argue the same for Australia and Canada as well. I mean, you know, these, there's not enough people doing geology. There's not enough people doing mining engineering. So we certainly would love to see more of um uh, of of uh, an information sharing and, yeah. and, and and all that kind of thing. Okay. And that's something which we're we're certainly going to. Well, let's, let's, let's get on company. Let's get on company. Sure. Power. Okay. So we've got the three things. We've got goals. We've got copper along with lead, zinc, and you've got uh, heavy rare earths. Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, our our entire focus really at the moment is the copper. Okay. Um, is is the VMS belt? So. Um, that's where we've spent you know, all of our money this year. That's that's our focus in in um, principally the Vakuba deposit, which we've recently drilled. And uh, so the, the whole um, prospect for us is converting that to joint resource, going through feasibility study, getting it into production, as well as expanding the the exploration within that um, that Rudnaltai VMS belt. So we, we like copper. Uh, we especially like polymetallic copper because if you can get yeah. zinc credits and gold credits and silver credits, all the better. Right. Um, uh, and you know it's just going to lower those costs. So that's that's our focus. Okay, copper, great thematic to be into. I'm in it. I love it. Uh, doing business in this market though, slightly tough. Okay, so share price has been battered across the board. Mm. Everyone's feeling the pains of uh, people staying away from risk off and with equities. Uh, let's see what next year brings. But in the meantime, you've got to manage your own cash position. You've got to continue to move the company, advance the company along, not just. I, I guess hide. So, where where are we with cash? What precisely are you doing with it? And you know, where does that get you? What does it tell people? So, last month we raised uh, five hundred and forty thousand pounds, which you know isn't a huge amount of money, but for for a company that watches its um, uh, balance sheet quite closely, it can get us quite far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cash isn't a problem at the moment, and we've also um, finished our exploration season in, in the short term. So, we don't have any big capital items coming up. Um, in terms of drilling and so on and so forth, it's just paying the bills now for the assays. Right. Um, so that that's not a problem for us. And I, the big question is, where, what can we do with that? You know, the work that's already been done now, where are we and what can we do? So we drilled the Vakuba deposit and um, uh, as well as two EM uh, anomalies. The Vakuba deposit, we're going through the process now of, of getting those assays back. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, we got them back, but we need to just check a QAQC sample before they'll be released. So that's why um, we, we made an announcement on Monday that we're hoping they'll be released in the next week or two. Um, so I'm really excited about those. I think that they demonstrate the potential for us to have an open pit resource, um, which is where we're at. You know, we, we want to show we have a resource, we can push it through um, scoping study, pre-fees, and potentially look at getting that into production quite quickly. And one of the reasons uh, um, uh, 
on top of the geology, of course, for, for being in the Rudin Altai belt is the infrastructure. You know, there's roads, water, rail, power, everything you need. I mean, literally it goes right up to site for where we are. Um, and there's a processing facility 52 kilometers away by road, which today has 600,000 tons of spare capacity. So, you know, we don't have an agreement with them in place or anything like that, but there's, there's ore and there's a need for ore. And, you know, they're the two we'll, we'll hopefully meet if we can demonstrate. Right. And how do, you, how do you finance this thing? I think that's the interesting bit for me because it's, like I said, it's tough market. So you don't want to raise, you don't want to be raising too much money at this rate. You're dilating yourself, dilating your shareholders. Um, but you do have two other assets sitting there. And sometimes needs must. I know you probably you think the gold asset is fantastic, yeah. but if you focus up on the on the copper project, maybe the gold project needs to find a new home or sure. partner. Same with the heavy rare earths, which is quite a specialized niche thing. So again, how are you looking at the portfolio? Yeah, I mean, look, you're absolutely right. It, you know, I need to focus on where our money's being spent to to its best effect. Um, but of course, in all of that is how can you rationalize the portfolio? Some of that is just lowering your costs. So, you know, trimming license sizes and things like that, which, you know, we're undergoing at the moment. Um, and some of it is investigating the concept for farm outs and so on. So, yeah, we're looking into partnerships. Um, you know, there's no promises on that front by any stretch. One of our gold prospects very like has an intrusive related gold deposit on it. It's quite small, but it's demonstrating that that um, it's not jork, sorry, it's just an internal model. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but but there's a system there. It's uh, you know it's it's got gold in it. It's got ten kilometres of strike. Yeah. I think it would be of interest to someone if we can get to that stage. Um, uh, so yeah, you just need to 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 work through these things. Okay, okay so, so you, it look it's it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one, right? Because you're going finding these things. I know you're not a prospect generator. That's not the business model per se. But sometimes th this market's been going on a little bit longer than most people had, had, had hoped. So next year, you need a solution, don't you? So and 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 I mean, do you look at it more broadly than that? You say where you're at today. Could, you know, could you introduce a partner into your company? We, talk, we we hear lots of talk of mergers and joint mm -hmm. ventures and all sort all sorts of ways around this. Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. I think I think you can, and and you um, shouldn't ever stop looking at those sorts of options. Yeah, but it's about a couple of things. It's about optionality and it's about cost of capital because. You know, company, companies with money, big companies. Um, yeah. You know, companies with less money, small companies, um, who who are constantly relying on capital markets. They're all aware that the times are tough and valuations yeah. are in the toilet. And so, you know, it's it's something that um, you know, as a CEO, as a major shareholder, as someone that's participated in every raise that the company's done. Um, you know, I'm I'm acutely aware of of dilution, but I'm also acutely aware of optionality. And so you can find yourself going, well, I'm so desperate to do a deal because I'm so on my knees or whatever. That, yeah. If that's your mentality and you give the baby away with the bathwater and it's, you know, that's problematic as well. So you need to weigh up optionality yeah. on sitting on things until a slightly better time. You need to weigh up um, doing a farm out. Uh, you know, I've had soft discussions and soft offers to farm out our assets, but at the end of the day, they haven't, for me, it hasn't reached reached that decision tree. Exactly yeah. right. That's so, threshold. Because what's important for people looking at this and going, like a small company, yeah. and quite frankly, those assets are opportunities or liabilities in terms of the cost. Sure. You can reduce your cost so much on, on some of them, and then there's a point where you can't really do too much other than bring someone else in. Mm. Yeah, maybe at a pub code level, you bring someone in. Because what? So I look at your assets. Your assets are the, the three projects. But they're also this kind of first mover advantage thing that you've got coming into a country which is 
unknown to most. You know, it it it, it would for most feel like a jump, a leap too far mm-hmm. without someone who's been in the country for a year or more physically. Was it? Where, where, is that about a year? Yeah, it's it? yeah, yeah, yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two years, right? Yeah. So long time. My Russian's still pretty rubbish, but, but it's, your kids it's getting are better. Good. Your kids are <laughs> yeah, better, I think right? the kids are a lot better than I am. Um, but, you know, that that's that's valuable in itself. So, therefore, um, may not have to give away the baby with the bathwater, as, as it were, or throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were. So, do, I mean, do you, re- you recognise that? Do you recognise what other... A- absolutely. I mean, you know, we, in I think it was March of this year, yeah. we... Uh, just purely from digitizing data, um, had a, have a, a it's Jork exploration target, but it was more than forty two thousand meters of drilling. This is the Vacuba yeah. deposit, which we've recently been been drilling. Yeah, there's over three hundred thousand tons of contained copper in that. You know, our market cap today is less than three million quid, and we've got forty two thousand meters with yeah. this old resource. So, so we were we were looking through that that validation. Um, you know, those sorts of opportunities don't really exist frequently in in just about any country. Mm. Um, so you know. That that's the sort of thing that you can get that that first mover advantage um, aspect to. You know, we just announced results. Um, it was just rock chip results from uh, Talovskoy, which is another target which we pegged. You know, we own these one hundred percent. We peg these licenses. They're old mine sites. You you can collect data and so on. Good grades. So that that's you know that's a massive I think aspect to this first mover advantage concept. Yeah. Um, but you know, your your question again about capital allocation is, well, how far can you get with a pound in the ground and a, a dollar, you know, a, um, a, a British pound um, yeah. currency-wise in the ground. And when you have a lot of historical data, you can get a lot further in, in, in terms of allocating that capital from a risk-reward perspective. So, yeah, so that, that's how we're, how we're okay. allocating that capital. Because time's, time's the killer here for most companies. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, I think, actually just finishing off an article, which, which talks about this concept of there's so many companies, look at the silver guys in Mexico at the moment, that, yeah. that heightened fervor around 2020 when gold was going to the moon, of course, um, based on not a lot of strong fundamentals, but more a kind of Reddit crowd mania. And the and look where they are now, sort of back down in the toilet. And it's, and it's like, there's still a hope with those shareholders that those companies will be able to sell to someone, Yeah, right? So I think it's misguided, uh-huh. my, my opinion, because there's, there's a lot of rubbish there, always was. And um, where you know you as a CEO and your board need to be thinking, well, how do we make sure we're still in the game? To play the game, you've got to be in the game. You've got to you've got to survive. And this time component of yeah, we can go and do some project generation of here. It'll generate some money it's for us. Yep. but it's time. It's not a lot of money, but it's it's, it's time and focus over here. Can we do enough with our pound, British sterling pound, in the ground on our copper project, which will generate something of interest, enough interest? You know, sh- show the potential scale, show the grade. You know, it's it's got to be more than you know rock samples. It's yeah. got to be drilling. You know, Absolutely. real stuff. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you you can spread yourself thin and come away with nothing, or you can get focused. Or you say we are going to have a kind of holding pattern here of light GNA type work, mm-hmm. pegging, etc., which will be valuable to someone. I mean, there's so many variables on the table there. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what I are mean, the conversations? Well, well, I mean, 
Well, you could start with GNA if you wanted and say, and, and I completely agree with that. You know, one of the problems with GNA isn't just general overheads mm. of, of small companies. And I think we've done a really good job at managing that. And we've even more recently, um, you know, culled quite significantly. Mm. Yeah, director pay cuts and so on have all, have all been implemented, significant ones. Um, and so, you know, we, we're really monitoring that quite closely. Um, but, the, but the other risk, of course, is just your, you know, your standing still costs are actually very expensive or can be as a percentage yeah. of your allocate. So if you stand still operationally, then uh, if your timing's a bit a bit off, well, you're still spending that money, right? So you, you do have to weigh up. Um, you've got this much money in the bank. How, how quickly do you spend it? Because if you're just saying, well, we're going to stop all things operationally and, that, and then we can survive for two years. Fantastic, but you've you've done absolutely nothing for building shareholder wealth. So, generally speaking, we've had a philosophy of let's build project value. Um, yes, you need to be careful with with capital allocation. Um, you know, again, this year is a good example. We've we've uh, opted just to advance our our copper prospects in terms of on the ground um, work uh, because that was the the lowest risk. That's the most likelihood of being able to get to near term cash flow and so on. So, strategically for us, that made the most sense. So we have been careful with our, our capital allocation, um, but we haven't stopped doing all work just because markets are rubbish, because we need to build that value. And what are you what are you selling a year from now? I mean, you right. know, you're pegging ground and collecting data, but you need to demonstrate that you've you've added value, and you need to demonstrate that you've got something worth selling. You know, we've done that. There's no doubt in my mind that we've done that, and that's now you know. I think that'll be realised in in the marketing. The results we'll be putting out in the next couple well, of weeks. So it's literally my next question: which in a year's time, if you, what will you need to be able to show to, to be able to one, obviously, keep confidence of the of the shareholders and the market more broadly, but more importantly, for anyone coming in, which is, I would say, you know, the mo most likely outcome, unless the the, the the copper market explodes explodes next year. Um, what would you need to show? You're saying you've got enough now to be of interest to a, an industry player or JV partner of some description. Yeah, well, I mean, so let, let's use the Vacoba deposit because that's obviously the yeah. most, most advanced one I think that we're talking about in terms of potential to develop. So the drilling that we've done, you know, will hopefully demonstrate that there's open pit potential there. So now you've got conversations that you can have with um, the off-take partner, either yeah. bit being either the local concentrator partner. Well, there's two, by the way. There's one owned by Glencore that's um, yeah. a bit further away, and there's one, a, a, um, a close one that's owned by Cas Minerals. Then you've got just other traders in the space. I mean, pe people are always looking for concentrate. I'll get a phone call from Trafigura saying, hey, do I have any concentrate? Yeah, yeah. And I'll say, you know, hold your horses. We're not quite there yet, but let's have that conversation when I'm okay. confident okay. that we've got a path. So. You know, the first step is prove the resources there. The second step is demonstrate a path um, to development. And as soon as you can do that path to development, you can demonstrate this is the time frame, right? We have this deposit. Yes, it's not 100% de-risk. There's still metallurgy and infill drilling and all these other bits. But there's a deposit there. We can risk weight, um, all of the other things. Now, let's talk development options. Is it is it a prepay? Is it a royalty? Is it an offtake? Is it something else? in terms of non-dilutionary finance that you might be starting to investigate. Yeah. The absolute first step is, do you have a deposit? And is it is it likely to be economically- Okay, different? you're an Aussie, you, lo you love these things. It's very different from Canadians. You know, kind of say, we'll, we'll, we'll go early, get some cash flowing, yeah. and we'll worry about scaling it later, because we, we know it's there. With you, I know you're talking about the, the different types of payments, that optionality that you, you've got there, if you find someone, whether they be traders or, or refiners or whatever. 
what are the what's the earlier options? Are you saying that DSO is an option, direct shipping, or concentrate? You talked about there. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what, I mean, firstly, anything I say now is is not an economic study. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's like these are options that companies have available to them. That, that's, that's right. right. Well, okay. and but not all companies, right? Okay. Because because of our proximity to infrastructure and and to to mills with excess capacity. Yeah. They are options for us, but they're not option for for a um, you know a gold project sitting by itself in the middle of West Africa or something along those lines. Okay. You need that critical scale. So we you know we have potentially the option to do small scale developments. Yeah, what what could that look like? Well, that might be, you know, um, five to 10 million tons in an open pit um, that you're mining half a million to a million tons a year. You are um, putting it through a crusher and, and just literally trucking it up the road. Yeah. Or you could be doing dense media separation and ore sorting to try and upgrade it to right. a five or 10% copper, well, you know, maybe not 10, but yeah. a 5% copper concentrate. You know, you've got to obviously do the studies to see what they look like. You know, for the Vakuba deposit, the historical metallurgical work that they did gave a 95% plus recovery on copper. Mm -hmm. So we know that it should float quite well. Okay. Um, well, at least from, from the sample that they did. So we've got confidence that, that there will be a metallurgical process route that will work here um, because of that historical work. When we get to that point, hopefully next year, you know, that's when you start to do your trade-offs, your, your economic trade-offs. And you say, well... How much does it cost to truck up the road? Again, in Kazakhstan, it's pretty cheap because yeah. you're not paying a truck driver $150,000 a year and you're not paying $2 for diesel. Yeah. You know, you're paying 50 cents. And, and um, so so that becomes a very real reality that you can say, well, maybe I don't need to build the entire processing plant or something. Maybe I can literally truck this 50Ks as, as a mine gate sale. I don't know yet. I don't no, know. No, no, it's only but, yet, but, but there's a potential. But I like the fact that there's the potential there for yeah. you because when I look at sort of small companies, I go, oh man, this is a going to be a cash-strapped, cash-constrained company not going to be able to move things forward until something drastic happens in the marketplace. You're saying you're in a kind of cheap environment. And I said it right at the outset, you know, it's a, it's a low-cost environment for you with optionality nearby for near-term mm -hmm. revenue solutions, whether it be DSO, whether it be Concentrate and, and how you scale up your own infrastructure to kind of deliver on those things as well. That's well, interesting. Tonight. Well, here's some speculative numbers and then they're not um, my num numbers at the start. So so these are derived, um, AMC, which is our independent consultant for yeah. the Jork, um exploration target. Yeah. So they did, you know, I guess he got a bit excited. The QP got a bit excited and put optimized pitch shells on where, where we might have open pits and so on. And he put an NPV, a, um, a middle case NPV on just the open pit, which is five to six million tons, um, at about one and a half percent copper, um, of of two hundred and forty two million dollars. Now that was without capex, so let's be yeah, very clear. Yeah. yeah, but let's let's just look at that number then and say it's without capex. Well, is that big enough to build a mill yourself? Maybe not. You know, that might strip quite a lot of the capex out. So let's say that you give, um, you know, a reasonable chunk of the project economics. Yeah. 40% or something like that to um, uh, to the concentrator who, where the ore is going yep. through. So they take 40% of the entire economics. Well, well, let's just halve that number then and say the MPV is now 120 million. Yeah. Well, that might be 120 million with a five or 10 million capex because you know, you've know you got a cutback, but you've got a crusher and yeah. you, know, you need to um, potentially, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're using their tailings dam as well, but yeah. you might you know, obviously need someone to put the waste. But 
you know, that's not a, that's not a hundred million dollar capex. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, a a manageable one, potentially one that's manageable with using pre-sale equity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or debt. See, that so that becomes very very interesting to me, and I, and I think in in markets where there's a slightly new paradigm out there at the moment, certainly in terms of the the uh, the capex numbers that we're seeing, and you know, some companies being absolutely crushed when they put their their capex numbers out there. Is start small, get revenue flowing, non-dilutory capital raises as well uh, for near-term, you know, re re revenue. Not not five years out. We're not planning for twenty twenty-eight um, here. And I think that's the kind of nimble, agile behavior I want to see from companies. Not based on like fantasy, but based based on studies, based on facts, yeah, um, and, and going through the face, and that gives you a chance. I mean, even our even our base case sort of economic studies, the, the whole reason we did that um, uh, exploration target was to say, do do we even want to drill for Cuba? You know, before we before we start drilling and and checking yeah. out this model, like let's do a, a base case economic analysis yeah. to see if this works. So it was the most sensible thing to do before well, you start yeah. spending money in the ground. Is is a target really worth drilling? And I mean, unequivocally, yes, right. For Vancouver, it was absolutely worth worth drilling, and so you know, so so we did, and it's it is, it, it's presenting as you say, yeah. it's, pre it's presenting that that optionality um, in terms of taking things forward. Yeah, and I, th I think that obviously Grade is doing you a big a big favour there mm -hmm. um, as well. Like Austin Brown doing a big favour because the the, mar the margins will will be there. Mm. Copper costs the same when you're selling in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does anywhere else? Well, right? it, it, it does. Yeah, exactly right. And, but it's bittersweet because actually Kazakhstan has, um, in one of the changes they made to their mineral law, they put a five-year um, uh, moratorium on the mineral extraction tax mm. for for all. Um, uh, I think it was I think it was all commodities. Yeah. Uh, if you have a basically a thin margin project, so if your IRR is less than fifteen percent, then you yeah. don't pay you don't pay the royalties. So, I mean, obviously we, we would expect a considerably higher IRR, um, which is unfortunate, you know, because you kind of want to save on the tax. But at the end of the nice day, problem. it's the economic trade-off. It's a nice problem to have. So, yeah. you know, that's one of the ways that they're supporting yeah. the exploration and development and just just providing that sort of. Potential to one, um, you know, to, to make things more feasible. Good man, I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, mate, Thank great to much, see you. Man. Thanks yeah, so much yeah. for your time. Yeah, we really will good. see you soon, and we're definitely staying in touch. Okay, nice one. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone.